I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I went to a rodeo and rode on a horse. I fell off and fell down and I hurt my kerbals. Hello and welcome to Two in the Think Tank, um, the show where we come up with five sketch ideas. And I'm Alistair, George Williams, John Blake Birchall. And I'm Andy. And um, oh, we should, do you want to talk about some of the other podcasts we've been on recently? Okay, we may as well get that out of the way. We went, we've been on uh, Matt Stewart's Primates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we've did, been on... we did Most Extreme Primate. It's about a, an episode, about a film, about a... Snowboarding chimp. A snowboarding chimp. <laughs> we, we've been on Book Cheat. Correct. Um, about Lolita. Lolita, which is a book about a snowboarding, snowboarding 12-year-old. <laughs> and... Um, and uh, we also went on How Do I Rob This? That's with right. Sebastian and Oscar. Mm-hmm. So uh, check all of those has appearances been re- Has that out. been released? I believe it has. Oh, I yeah. didn't feel like I was tagged in a thing and I would have retweeted it. Maybe it hasn't been released. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, keep an eye out either way. Yeah. You know? And? And, 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 and this is the show where we come up with five sketch ideas. That's right. That's right. And uh, you know what? You said that, but you, sometimes we've got to recalibrate and we've got to let people know where they're at. Reset. Remind. Somebody who's new who might be listening might be thinking this is a podcast where we talk about other podcast appearances we've, we've made. I, I don't think that's necessarily a bad idea. That's right? pretty good. I Paul don't... F. Tompkins could do that. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> Ideally, our careers get to the point where we're doing so many appearances on other people's podcasts. We don't have time to do our own podcast. Mm-hmm. And we just bring it, cut it back to just like a nub, yeah. Where we do a Harry's ad, plugs mm-hmm. for other other podcasts, and then another Harry's ad, a couple more plugs, and we're out of here. And it'd be the dream for everybody, I think. Correct. I, I think you know, <laughs> Alistair. Yeah. Get a load of this. You know, there's so many ads on TV mm. now that um, there are there are it's it's almost like. Mm. It's you're watching ads with, um, with a little t- bra- show break, show break in between. Mm. What I would like to do, yeah, is maybe this is a way I could get some stuff on TV, mm-hmm. is buy fifteen second ad spots, yeah, right? and then and then I'll I'll make a a short TV series and I'll just broadcast it in those ad spots. That's a cool idea. Right? A little nested little. It's a great opportunity for you to pay to have your work broadcast, pay a huge amount of money. Well, (laughs) (laughs) at least then I'm establishing the relationship, Mm -hmm. you know. Maybe I could get one of the – maybe when I'm ready, I could buy one of those feature-length 45-second spots, get one of my my films out there. Yeah. You know, after I've built up to it. Sort of – or like like seven vines – Mm. Yeah. Oh, what a reveal! Andy's taking off his big sort of sailing jacket. Ten minutes into the show, <laughs> revealing my my sort of woolen kind oh. of sailor's jumper. Mm, sailor's knit. I'm I'm sailing on a sea of the sea of mind mm. on a mind sea. All right, we have to come up with sketch ideas. Yeah. All right. Well, what about my idea about buying ad space to get? Get, uh, oh, that's true. That was get a kind show of on TV. Idea. That's yeah. kind of where I was going with that. Yeah, you yeah, seemed yeah. pretty keen on it, so no, no, no. I want to pursue it further. I, Come on! I mean, it seemed like what is it? It's like that a version of the you know that cigarette gag that's in Fifth Element, where he there's mm-hmm. a lot of filter and just a little bit of cigarette. Mm. It's like that, but with just ads. But and, with just ads. Hey, I've got a different idea, yeah. Alistair. <laughs> I don't like my idea anymore. So she started saying relevant things. Yeah. I'm over it. Okay. <laughs> I thought of something else. What about this? 
right? You know the the board game Trivial Pursuit. I'm very right? familiar. It's was... but it but this is my problem with Trivial Pursuit. It only exi- only asks questions about existing knowledge, the mm-hmm. existing body of knowledge. It's facts that already we know the answers. Yeah. What if I don't? But yeah. Yeah. What if it's non-trivial pursuit, right? Mm-hmm. And all the questions are things like that are, are are as yet unsolved mysteries. Okay. Right. And if you want to get the point, yeah, you've got to solve the mystery in order to be able to move. So there could be all there's different categories. You've got to still. investigate. You know, there could be crime, mm-hmm. right? So you roll the mm. dice, you roll up crime, and the question is, who did the Jack the Rap- Ripper murder murders? Yeah. Jack the Rapper. <laughs> nah. <laughs> Jack the Ripper murders, right? And then you're like, all right. And you go out and you spend, I don't know, how many, 18 years um, trying to get to the bottom of it. You solve the Jack the Ripper murders. You come back. You get a so- piece of pie. You get a piece of pie. <laughs> oh, no, you don't get a piece of pie unless you're on a pie square. Oh, yeah. That's, that's true. just to get another roll. You get another roll. <laughs> and so it's a game that could sort of take, you know, 100 generations. years. Yeah, generations to complete. Yes. And it's a, like instead of feuding families or feuding, mm. what are they? What are they called in in Scotland there back in those days? Clans, clans. Mm. You know, you just have feuding sort of pie pie pieces, pie things. Yeah. <laughs> and I think you know mm. there could be questions. You know, what is the Hubble constant? What is the exact value of the Hubble constant that could mm. be in there in the science section? I reckon that you know, so that you'd maybe mm. get rid of some of them. You change some of the some of the sections. Maybe the geography one. There's not so many mysteries in geography. Are there mysteries in geography? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I th- I'm sure. I'm sure with, uh, you know, with like specifics. You know, like what is the exact height of <laughs> K K two? You don't think somebody knows that? I don't know. I just I feel like you know some. I feel like there's probably. You get you send a few people up there. You probably mm. get a different value every time. Probably, you yeah. know. Is that um, how you would test the height of K two? You yeah. send send somebody up a few there. Different people up there. What with a tape measure or something? Oh, I or? get one of those like things where you look through the hole. Yeah, like a surveyor. Yeah, a kaleidoscope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there any serious uses of kaleidoscope? Okay, so what was an idea? Non-trivial an... pursuit. Okay, yeah, right. Okay, it's like a board this. game for. for um, Expanding the sum total of human knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. And importantly, it's a fun evening with your friends. Yeah, fun. So many evenings. So, you know, mm. you get to like, you got to pick a good group of people because if there's some people in there that you don't like. Mm. I mean, look, I, mean, I feel like this could be the backbone of a film or they're, they're an 18-part the, series. Yes. Broadcast during the ads. On sport, on TV. And you pay $45,000 per second. That's a great idea. Um, There might be a way we could work it. Maybe we could sell ad space during our our 15-second ad, right? We just Mm. have a couple of one-second ads in there. Mm. We'll we'll, we'll work the math. Kevin. (laughs) That was that. What was that ad for? That was an ad for Kevin something. Yeah. (laughs) Kevin. You can tune in next week to find out. What Kevin's selling. Yeah. Or, you know, I guess you could, maybe in the next ad space, you could have another thing. I feel like that's basically what they did with those Yogorilla ads. You know, the Yogo ads that we yeah. used to have here, which were those little stop motion things where there was like a story with a gorilla and a snake and a lizard yeah. and stuff. I used to love those. Mm, but I think they did more than just Kevin. No, no, no. I'm saying they were almost like my idea of the little film, little story during that. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's most ads. That's a lot of ads. ads. I think, yeah, like, you know, our, our friend uh, Xavier Michaelides is in a series of sort of sports bet ads mm. that seem to have lots of little stories in them. You were in a kind of a bunch of ads for the ha- – kind of had like a continuation <laughs> story. A little story. Um, uh, I, uh, 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 I, I always want to try and watch Xavier's ads because mm. I see them on the pop-up before things in my feed on Twitter – and so I always click on it. My sound's always down. I click the sound on, try and watch the ad. Yeah. But then you can't rewind the ad yeah. to watch the ad. Yeah, you can ad. rewind the film. Mm. But once you've seen the ad, they don't let you see it again. This no. is. The... <laughs> I wonder if you can go to their, like, if the sports bet have a YouTube page where you could just they, watch they might, their. Yeah. Oh, man, this is great advertising for. For, for advertising. Bet, for this, <laughs> yeah, and for this betting. Try advertising. <laughs> That is good. That Have is... you thought of advertising? 
But they do have those ads on, like, the radio and But they're like always that. specifically for radio ads. Yeah, I do like an ad for advertising. Mm. Ad ad. I mean, you know, I guess, could it be that the first people who came up with advertising? We go, we go back, because mm. Mad Men, right, yeah. was already about... Advertising already existed. Yeah, that was the golden age yeah. of advertising. So we could do like a little origin story. The Bronze prequel, Age. The Bronze Age. Or the Stone Age. The Stone of... Age of advertising. Yeah. Um, and, and <laughs> I mean, once you've had, once, once some people have, have a, pro- so what happens in an episode of, um, <laughs> Whatever of it Mad is. Men, Mad or, or the, but this one Stone Age Mad Men. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they're not. They're not set. It's not, it's not set in caveman times. No, it it's is. just the Stone Age of advertising, <laughs> sure. which was actually probably way before cavemen. Mm. Stone, Stone Age. Yeah. No. 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 no I, I think. Know. Yeah. I know. Sorry. sorry. No, I'm sorry. It could be done in the Enlightenment. Great. So, but so what happens? Some people have a product. Yeah. Right, and they don't. They want people to know about the product. Yeah. Or they want more customers. Yeah. And so they go along to just a sort of a general company mm-hmm. that doesn't spe- specialize in anything at all. Yeah. I like that idea, by the way. A, That's basically what Yamaha is. I feel a, co- a company, <laughs> just a company. It's a company. Yeah. I mean, over time, they kind of started doing things, and so now you consider them a company that does this and that. <laughs> sure. But when they started out, they were in their most pure form. Mm. They were like the stem cell of a yeah. company, mm. yet to specialise, to become right. a, but then a they, lung company or a liver company. Somebody kind of put them close to a, a you know, a, a recorder, mm. and they went, oh, they turned into a recorder company. <laughs> Is that how that happens with stem cells? I think so. I think there's an element of that where you put stem cells in with like the lungs, and then it goes. Oh, okay. I'm oh, is that what we're doing? Yeah, they're just sort of bandwagon. They're yeah. They just keep jumping on board. Yeah, yeah. They're real posers. Right. Yeah, but then they're kind of like, but then they commit, you know, and they stay there for enough years that you go, okay, you're a local now. Mm, yeah. Sure. I think you know some people make that criticism of Tom Waits and Bob Dylan. Actually, I think like people might have criticized him early on for sort of his 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 style of singing was a bit affected. You know, he was trying to do a particular type of voice that wasn't perhaps his natural voice. But I don't think people make that criticism of Bob Dylan anymore. I think I mean, maybe a lot they of people are, forget. Maybe they can't be bothered. Exactly. I think a lot of people don't remember that he had another voice. Yeah, you just, you just hang around long enough. Yeah. All your critics die or lose their memories. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Have I told you my theory? Wait, wait, I know we had something there. We were talking about story. We can always go back. Yeah. But... My my theory that you know, people, what they want, is respect, right? When mm. they do art or in any kind of work, mm. right? But then, trying to make something that is worthy of respect can really block you because then suddenly everything you write, you go, oh, this is not going to be worthy of respect, mm. and so it, you can't really get past that writing part. Mm. And so I think what you got to do is you just got to output. Garbage. Mm-hmm. Just allow yourself to just output garbage for years and years and years, mm. right? And then when you're 20, 25 years in and you're still outputting garbage, mm-hmm. people will look at that and go, you got to respect that. <laughs> <laughs> what, the volume of garbage? I mean, he kept going despite nonstop garbage, you know? And there's your respect yeah. And you didn't have to learn anything. <laughs> <laughs> didn't have to compromise on anything because you had mm-hmm. nothing to compromise on. It was garbage from the start. Exactly. Do you think so, that people would be like, I kind of like these old garbage better? Well, I think in the volume, people are going to find stuff that they like. Mm. But it'll be the early stuff. Maybe. It'll probably be the stuff where they were young. Mm-hmm. I like your old stuff. I, I dis... I like his middle-aged stuff better, mm. the stuff that was in not the new stuff and not the old stuff, just the stuff that's kind of, yeah. I, di- I disliked his early garbage less. <laughs> like if you could, yeah. you could, you could have an oeuvre, mm. you know, your body of work, mm-hmm. 
that is all crap, mm-hmm. right? But people, like, within, on its own terms, if mm. people could just, if the critics could just meet you on your own terms, mm. all right, and, and, and only review you in the context of your own work, yeah. then, then they might be able to say which bits of garbage were better or worse than mm. the other bits. You know, it's, the, the problem yeah. is people comparing you to other things mm-hmm. yeah. produced by people who weren't exclusively writing garbage. Exactly, yeah. And so you've got to say, like, this is what I make and this is the universe in which you've got to judge this in. Mm-hmm. You've got to ignore the history of art and the history of the world. I guess maybe in the future we'll be able to publish our work only in selected parallel dimensions. Mm. You know, like, um, you know, when we develop that sort of pan-dimensional technology, mm-hmm. um, you'll be able to go to your publisher with, what you know, whatever crap you've written. Yeah. And they'll say to you, well, look, this is bad in 98% of all known dimensions. Yeah. But we've actually managed to find a couple of pocket dimensions yeah. where this would be considered sort of just run of the mill. Great. You know, yeah. like a bit of stocking filler or something, maybe, yeah. or maybe an airport book. Yeah. And then you'd be able to um, sell it to them, maybe go, go some and do money. some writing tours there yeah. if you could get through the portal. Unfortunately, you wouldn't ever get the respect there because your no. stuff is so middling. <laughs> <laughs> but then they found another dimension where that level of respect is actually considered high praise. So, yeah. you know, if, if you mm-hmm. can then somehow translate that across... Uh, mm-hmm. Or take the esteem that you've got from one dimension to another. That's hard. It's hard to transfer esteem across dimensions. But they might be able to find a way to do it as well. Yeah. I like the idea of a career you're being able to find. Because we talk about the people who are born, you know, in some third world country mm. who never even see a piano, mm-hmm. right? Who, um, who could be the greatest pianist on earth. Yeah. Alistair, what were you going to say? I was just, I was like, oh, of course we do talk about that all the time. We talk about yeah. it all the time, right? Yeah. But they could be the greatest pianist on earth. Well, what about the people who have been playing, who are born in a first world country, see a piano at a really young age, mm. and play all their lives but are never very good? In mm-hmm. a similar sense, they never got to visit the dimension in which their mediocre piano playing is considered fantastic yeah you know and i think that's an equal tragedy mm. and yeah. of lost potential <laughs> lost potential for them to meet the people whose standards are sufficiently sure. low to consider them a genius yeah, yeah yeah and 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 i you know when we get the dimension jump technology i will start a foundation mm. to raise money to allow media mediocre artists to visit dimensions where they're considered um very good. Well, you know what you could do yes. in this regard is is you could just fund communities where the idea of pianos isn't allowed in. Yes. Right? You can make the parallel dimensions that you want. You can make them. I mean, this this place where this person had never seen a piano. Yes. It's not that far to imagine, hard that to imagine that maybe they've never heard one. Yes. And that, assuming this these communities have money. Yeah would be the best place to tour a piano show for, yeah. for a person who is not very good at the piano. You're right. Why am I spending all my time trying to imagine parallel dimensions mm-hmm. where people don't know what's considered good piano mm-hmm. when we could, we, could, we could make that right here on Earth? It's like That's wanting right. to go to the Mars, you know, to make that livable when we've got the planet, we've already got planet Earth. Exactly. I mean, expert-level piano playing, that's for people who are experts at listening to piano. I wonder if this is now feeling very close to an idea that we came up with about eight or 12 podcasts ago where when you go to a new planet, you get to decide what's good. You get to establish at the beginning well, no, what is are... and what isn't. But this is a slightly different tw- take on it, isn't it? Well, no, because you, what you're doing is you're going to places, you're creating markets or you're mm. finding markets mm. which allow more garbage people to, yes. to thrive. Correct. You know, it's uh, there's so many musical people who come out of university having studied music degrees mm. who are fine, mm. but they're not going to make it in the competitive markets like mm. New York City and other musical markets. I don't know, Berlin? Well, maybe we could also do a kind of a reverse talent search, mm-hmm. right, where it's the 
you know, shows like The Voice or something like that, mm-hmm. where there's a person on stage and we get them to sing and then the judges tell you whether or not that's good. Mm-hmm. What about this? We It's a talent show where we get people on stage, right? We get, and they have a range of different levels of ability. Mm. We get them to sing or whatever it is that they do. And then it's the audience that we test. Because we know how good the people are on stage, yeah. right? And then we test the audience. We ask them, do you think that's good? Do you think this is good? And then we can slowly find the people in the audience who think that bad things are good, Yeah. right? And then maybe once we've got those, them, we can we can get them all together onto, say, a new island mm-hmm. that we right. build in yeah. the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Yeah. Right? And then that's the perfect touring destination for our <laughs> <laughs> lack of talent show. <laughs> and, I mean... It's a beautiful idea, and Thanks. I just—I don't know how we get these people to move their families or whatever. Themselves. And we drug them. Oh, we drug go out them. to their house. We get them to fill in some kind of the, permission f- slip, some mm-hmm. uh, you know release form when they're appearing in the audience that says things like, "Oh, you are consent to appearing on camera mm-hmm. if you're during audience shots." And then on like page eighteen, it says, "And we can take you and your family to an island to in the a, middle of the where Pacific. you have to now live." Yeah, <laughs> and we can drug you. Yes. I think that's great, yeah. Creating markets for the less talented. Well, and then we'll compartmentalise humanity, right? Not based on, you know, outdated and, frankly, um, in you know, offensive criteria like race or something like that, Yuck. right? We'll move people around based on taste, right? Yes. And each planet, each continent mm. can have one of the different orders of taste, <clears throat> Living of people living on it, yeah. right? We'll have you know from one to eight, we'll rank taste in that way, mm-hmm. and then we'll know people who think things that are. I mean, basically, Australia is probably a place where already most people don't know what's good, right? And we think crap sure. is good, yeah. <laughs> Maybe this has already happened. Do you think Europe is just the place where people know what's good? <laughs> and Australia is the place, oh, they've already done that, and it's called Australia. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, yeah, they took all the uneducated... I don't know if they were uneducated criminals, but... Oh, well, that's exciting. Mm. Well, I'm going to get some non-award-winning penists and start Mm. touring them around to uh, regional... No. Mm -hmm. uh, Small councils. Mm -hmm. Art centers. Mm. I mean, it's kind of Andre Rue's thing, I suppose. Yeah. He's sort of... Managed to yeah, but he had spectacle. He had spectacle. That's true. You, you know? can't deny that. He had yeah. a replica of the Palace of Versailles. I mm, think on stage, yeah. and he <laughs> and he would only do like the little bits, the good bits, the good bits and stuff. Go, Why not the, the four good notes That's from people... Rachmaninoff's eighteenth yeah. concerto? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, what's the good bit of the of the major scale? After that, it's a mess. <laughs> it, gets, it gets a bit. <laughs> it's a. It's all filler after that. Yeah. <laughs> this is such an us idea, Alistair. Yeah. But the idea that whoever came up with the octave, yeah. they only had like two or three good notes in them. <laughs> then after that, <laughs> these are the garbage notes. I wonder. I think there are probably some musical theorists. Who are like who are really pure and maybe a little bit insane? Mm. Who already have this theory, mm. right? Like that that there are a few notes that are good, and then the rest are yeah. kind of. I don't know. Wait, wait, because what is it? It's tone, tone, semitone, semitone, tone, something like that, or tone, tone, semitone, tone, tone, semitone, something like that. I don't know what you're saying. So like, because you know, there's like twelve notes, mm. right? And then the major scale. Is like so. First, it's a tone, which means that it's you're you're skipping one note and then mm-hmm. going to the one. Don't brush the microphone with your sleeve. Why? <laughs> you're right. I'll just take. I'm off, trying to control you. I'll just put on and take off big whooshy jackets instead. <laughs> oh, Alistair! <laughs> How long have you been holding onto that one? Well, Not I, very long, because you already let it out as soon as you first thought of it. Yeah. Um, you know, so so there's like there's twelve tones or semitones mm. that add up to whatever, and then then when you skip one tone, you uh, one semitone, then you do a whole tone. So it's two. I can't. Just yeah, I, I, well, I can't understand it either. So it's well, you know we're both. But you're a banjo player, right? Yeah, yeah, I am. 
Yeah. Did I tell you about this, that when I first bought the banjo, mm-hmm. uh, well, when I, Carly first gave me the banjo, yeah. I, 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 looked, I watched a video online about um, learning banjo, and the guy said, it's handy to have a harmonica, because a harmonica is a great way to work out the notes in the song, and then you can transfer that to the banjo. So before I even played my banjo, I went and bought a harmonica. <laughs> <laughs> and I realised I didn't know how to play the harmonica either. And... <laughs> I'd already doubled, like, in my attempt to learn the banjo, I'd already doubled the number of instruments that I didn't know how to play. <laughs> I'd gone backwards 100% on the first day. Um, just trying to find this. You're Googling something. No, I'm oh, just... The, you're trying, are you looking up the tone, tone, semitone, tone, tone, tone? I'm trying to find a keyboard. Yeah, do you reckon you could, we could get the, this as, like, a... Um, would this go viral as a tweet, right? Yeah. Um, it's tongs, right? We get pictures, we get some tongs from the op shop, right? And we Tom. um, and we break some of them in half, right? So we have a full pair of tongs, and then we have half a tong. Oh, we have yeah, two full pairs of tongs, then we have half a tong, and then a full tong. Tong, 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 semi tong, semi tong, tong. The major scale of tongs. I don't know if it would. I don't think it'd go as good as our. Is our uh, two guys dressed as Fred Durst? Yeah, and then getting a photo where we're looking back with our butts in uh, in shot. Yeah, and then and it's then a, we say Durst trap. I, I I love that it's also it's two guys dressed as Fred Durst, yeah. <laughs> not just one. No, 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 it's two guys Durst trap. <laughs> if we could be by a pool, that'd be even better. Beautiful um, blue water. Uh, Good I bit think of the we major should start scale. a new, um, and we'll, we'll do a new comedy show in a couple of years called Durst Trap. Um, that'll we've got the got the name, we've got the poster sorted out. Now all we got to do is write the content, Alistair, and that's going to write itself with a concept like that, <laughs> with a clear concept. <laughs> clear concept. It's about two people trying to lure uh, people in who mm, love Fred Durst. Yeah. Uh, to but liking. also. Who kind of love Fred Durst for his butt? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's the trap, <laughs> is it? Yeah, you lure okay. him with the butt, but then you get him with the face, it, it, making it a Durst mm. trap. Yeah, great. It's so, a it's a butt is it's a person who's a uh, butt is face. Butt is face. You know, like, like in um, um, South Park. No, no, like uh, you know, good butt. But his face. Oh, I haven't heard that. Uh, people often refer. I mean, it's a thing in high school. People would mm. say a butter face. Mm. But this it's, is yeah. It's, it's not. It's not nice. No. It's no. not nice. I mean, is there any way that could be redeemed? What about Do a, you think that's going to come back? What about a butter's hands? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Great butt. Beautiful face. Beautiful face. <laughs> butter's hands. Butter's hands. <laughs> I mean, is there a butters word? Butters. What? Butterscotch. Butters scotch. <laughs> this is how you criticize. This is um, how you criticize. How you criticize a, a man's uh, taste in whiskey. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, he's a bit of a butterscotch. Butterscotch. What do you mean? Well, beautiful face. Beautiful face. Stunning ass. Stunning body. And you should see his hands. Oh, <laughs> amazing! Testicles like a like a like a racehorse. Butterfingers, right. eh? Butterfingers. That's what you want, right? Yeah, but but you want that S so that it could be a, a his. Well, but it could be a girl, right? Andy, there's no such thing <laughs> as a girl. Certainly not one who's going to be judged on some aspect of her body. Eh? Yeah, I can't. I just can't accept. That out of all our sketch ideas, in which we can't help but intrinsically just put men in all the characters, yeah. you would choose to put a, a woman in the character where we're judging their appearance. <laughs> While well, I'm so working so hard to avoid it. Alistair, <laughs> but the pun works better. I know, but I don't care and about the I pun. I think objectification is forgivable only when it's for a good pun. And by good, I mean... Not in this universe, but in a parallel universe where mediocre puns are considered. Yeah. Butter's fingers. Butter. <sighs> I think the audience, I think the listeners are really um, He's a bit of a, enjoying this. 
Butterscrotch. <laughs> butterscrotch. Yeah. Butterscrotch. Did you say butterscrotch? Yeah, you know, great face, spectacular body. Elbows, mwah. Fingers, mm. But his crotch. But but his crotch. But his but his crotch. <laughs> Alistair, I want to tell you a personal story, right? So a, a personal story about yeah. who? Yeah, about me. Yeah, yeah the best great. kind of personal stories Ooh. I find. Well. The ones um, about the person talking, making it personal and taking it public. That's right. Mm. Yes, that tricky managing that transition. Mm. Last night, Alistair, I, I shaved. Mm-hmm. Right? I shaved my, with my Harry's razor and I had a great time. And That's then right. I realised that I had a callback for an ad today that had asked me not to change my appearance. And he, here I was shaving off my beard that they'd seen me audition in. Right? Mm-hmm. And what this could mean, I mean, it's, it's fingers crossed things go well, I get the ad anyway. But what this could mean is that by shaving with Harry's razors, mm-hmm. I've cost myself Several thousand dollars, but that's how that's how addictive it is. That's not only Alistair. You're absolutely right. That's how addictive mm. it is shaving with Harry's razors. Mm-hmm. That's how good it feels, yeah. right? It does. It didn't even matter to me. That's right. It it's, didn't even matter. It doesn't. It won't bother you. I was happy. Yeah. I still feel like I've made a profit on the entire arrangement. Arrangement, and I probably have mm. because of the amount of money that I save by going with Harry's subscription. That's plan. right. And if you had two thousand dollars. You, you know would what? probably spend another two thousand dollars. <laughs> I would have just said it to Harry's anyway. Yeah, or just burned it. For or the, just burned just it just for the right to shave again with Harry's razors. Correct, and um, and that that is you know, it's no skin off my nose. It's no skin off anywhere. No, because Harry's their precision engineered blades are never going to take any skin off anywhere. Just take off the hair down to the root. Mm-hmm. That's, That's right. the root. The root down to the root. Well, we've talked about this. You know, the effect you get, the level of smoothness, mm. smoothness, is as if the blade is covered in millions of tiny hands, which reach to the very base of each follicle and rip out the hair by without, the stump. Without the feeling of that. Without any of the agony, it feels like nothing at all. It's it's almost like doing nothing. It is. It is. But getting everything. Yeah. Everything the, you've ever wanted. With the joy of achievement. Anyway, today's episode is brought... Well, actually, last week's episode is brought to you by Harry's Razors, but I forgot to do the ad. So this week Mm -hmm. is brought to you by Harry's Razors. Thank you and thank Harry's. And we're going to be talking about this a little bit later in the program. Oh, I've got a lot more to say. To tell you a bit more. (laughs) This is just the 15-second bit up the top. (laughs) (laughs) What were we talking about before this? Was it anything? A uh, good bit of the major scale. Oh, a good bit of the major scale. What a great... Yeah, that's a good bit. Yeah. I'm going to use that in my stand-up show yeah? that I'm going to do. <laughs> what do you think? Because <laughs> <laughs> you go, you know the major scale, you go, da-da-da-da. Mm. I mean, that's the only bit you really need to hear because yeah. that's the best bit. After that, it's just garbage notes. Do you think, like, originally, like, it probably was supposed to have ten as well, right? It was probably supposed to have ten notes in the major scale. You think, you think scale. so? You think they already dropped a Obviously. Bunch of- but there's right? twelve. There's twelve semitones. Oh, <laughs> I don't understand the scale. What's the eight then? That's just the octave. Yeah. So that's there's. That's different. Eh? That's different to the major scale. No, no, that is the octave. The octave is the scale of notes. But doesn't oct mean eight? Yeah. But you're saying there's twelve. Well, I'm saying so. You know the piano when yes. you do the major scale. You're not when you're doing this C major there's scale. There's the black keys. There's as the well. black keys that you're not hitting. And are they part of the scale? They're part of the amount of notes that are available to you. Right. Right. So if you were playing a different scale, not the C major scale, mm-hmm. you are going to use some of those black notes. Right. Because you're still doing that tone, tone, semitone, tone, 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 semitone. Do you remember what it's like being in your twenties? I sometimes look back at that period of my life and laugh just as much as I cringe. If you do the same, then you've got to watch Queenie, the new original series on Hulu. Who is Queenie? Queenie is a 20-something year old living in London. She's facing all the firsts. First major heartbreak, first shitty apartment and soul-sucking job, first therapy session to work through those mommy issues. Can she turn her quarter-life crisis into a revolution? Maybe. Will she make some questionable decisions along the way? Definitely. All episodes of Queenie premiere June 7th, streaming on Hulu. 
whatever like that. So a scale can have any number of notes in it. No, it has <laughs> it has eight notes. In it, it has eight notes in it, but not necessarily eight keys. <laughs> no, it has eight keys. Yeah, yeah, it has eight keys. So there's all, every scale has eight. Well, I don't know the major scales. I don't know. I don't know if anything about Eastern scales. I know about the major scale. I know about the minor scale. Yes. Right. And I'm just saying. So like, there's twelve notes available to you. Yeah. On in between right. between C and then the other C. Okay, okay, okay. Including the tones and the semitones. And the... they're all well, they're like they're they're all semitones. They're all like so. If you were to play each note that's next to each other, yes. if you're going to go C and then C sharp, mm. the, the black note, and then the D. then D, yes. right? That's three notes. I think I'm really coming across as a guy and who understands like... music. <laughs> I knew so about that D. No, I'm just doing major scale again. I can't mm. remember how to do a semitone, but yeah. wait, wait. So wait, there's wait tone tone. Semitone. So it goes. Da, 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 da. Wait, so. Da, wait, oh my god. Da, 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 da. Okay, I'll try to start again. Da, <laughs> da, 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 da. That one. Da, 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 da. I think that's a semitone. Okay. Da, da. I think I, think I sort tone. of. I get it. There are tones and semitones, right? <laughs> I get it. I think I understand. There's eight and there's twelve. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, that didn't help with that musical interlude there, no, where I couldn't even. You know, I think you're a musical genius. That's not in any way true. But it's not in any way true. You're just you're, you're just the universe in which I am. you're the universe in which uh, knowing do... a tiny amount. <laughs> Seems amazing. <laughs> yes, correct. By in my world, mm-hmm. you are a musical genius, and I'm sorry that makes you uncomfortable. Oh, hugely! <laughs> I don't know anything. <laughs> I don't know anything, Andy. I don't know anything. <laughs> uh, um. Anyway, so we can move on from that. You know. That's great. What can we talk about? Dog ado- adoption websites. You know, mm-hmm. my wife, Carly, is looking at a lot at the moment. I don't quite want to get a new dog right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm worried that if we do, it will kill our children. But mm-hmm. she's great. quite keen. Yeah. Um, and, and then you'd get rid of the cat? No, we'd get a dog that is cat friendly. Okay. Right. Um, You'll let the dog get rid of the cat. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Takes care of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, is there a, is there a um, you know, old woman who swallowed the fly kind of version of that, but just mm. with adoptions, with pet adoptions, right? Mm. Like, you know, you 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 have a you have a cat. Yeah. The cat's tearing up the curtains. This is drawn from life, right? And and then you're like, well, let's just adopt a dog that lashes out. <laughs> at cats when they misbehave. At cats. And this problem will take care of itself. Mm-hmm. We're trying to use basically the cane toad theorem for yeah. domestic control, right? Maybe mm-hmm. we got the cats to keep the rats under control. Yeah. Right, the cat to keep the mice under control. And, then and is that working? Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen any mice. Oh, well, we found one. We came home one day. Carly put the baby down on the floor, turned around and turned back, and the baby was crawling towards a dead mouse in the middle of the floor. And the baby would have put the mouse in its mouth. Yeah, and right? would it have had poison in it? No, it would have been killed by the cat. So yeah. Did uh, the cat have poison in it? Yeah, yeah it's a poisoned cat. <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah. That's how it kills the mice. Correct. Yeah, it's got fangs. It's venomous. I'm so sorry. Um, look, no, continue anyway. with your idea. So then... Uh, the cat, yeah, yeah, the dog, you get, you get the, the dog, dog, and then the dog's doing other stuff. You know, it's jumping on the couch or vomiting whatever, vomiting so on your bed, vomiting on your bed because it's blind and confused. Yeah. <laughs> and then you, uh, you, you get some other animal. Well, what's the animal? I think uh, this is important for the bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe an octopus. Mm. Right, like a big octopus. Yeah. So, I mean, 
the octopus is a hard one because it doesn't really go on land that much. No, but sometimes you see them scuttle out from a rock pool or something and grab a crab and drag it back into the water. It's just hard to see an octopus really succeed over a dog on land. But, I mean, if the dog was in water... Great, okay, so we just flood our house, Mm -hmm. right, and we release an octopus. And is this so that you can live with a dolphin and you can occasionally have to tug it off? (laughs) (laughs) We're making some deep-cut references in this... It's a weird story about that Garbage train of thought. Okay, yeah. But, no, but, like, okay, so let's say a dog. What about a big snake? Sure. You know, like like a boa constrictor. Yeah, or a Komodo dragon. Komodo dragon. A big lizard or something like that. And then if it's a snake, you could go to quite a large mongoose maybe. Mm. But if it's a Komodo dragon, I don't know whether – it feels like it's an apex predator. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't think many things take on the Komodo dragon except maybe disease or climate change. Oh, well then, yeah, maybe. So Komodo dragon. Yes. And hopefully that doesn't attack your kids. (laughs) Um, And then then a disease – yeah. Okay, but then what do you do to get rid of the disease? Mm. Mongoose? Mm, mongoose. <laughs> I guess, I mean, you know, you could have a wallaby, one of those wallabies that has, like, milk that has antibiotic properties. Mm. Or uh, the echidna that has all that antibiotic stuff under its foreskin. Under its foreskin. Yeah. Yeah. And so then what are you doing? You're trying to get this echidna to rub its foreskin. It's like it's sort of wet penis tip onto... <laughs> Onto <laughs> onto the disease? Yeah, the disease that's, I guess, inside <laughs> the dead body of yeah, the, the Komodo, Komodo dragon. dragon. So I guess, well, we'd probably have to dress up the corpse of the Komodo dragon as a sexy female mo- uh, yeah. uh, echidna. Mm-hmm. Can't be that hard, right? No, and no. I think it's actually really easy. Put some spikes on it or whatever. Yeah. And then the echidna, he's up there, he's rubbing his foreskin all mm. over it. <laughs> all over the... I mean, if you could make it look like a... You know, like a bunch of sort of female like an orgy, yeah, yeah, a bunch of presenting, Mm. um, yeah, female echidnas. Let's just Google, (laughs) you know, um, female presenting female Mm -hmm. echidna pile costumes for my Komodo dragon. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of stuff on the internet. I'm sure we'll find something. Yeah, but then that's the problem: is that you'll you'll look for that. And, mm. but, and then that's and all that'll show up in my Google search well, terms. That'll be a problem. But also then you'll probably just find the sexy version of that for humans. Right. You know? <laughs> so you'll look like a Komodo dragon that's been dressed up like a bunch of, you know, uh, female echidnas. Yeah. But, but like, you know. And then my boss, be... is, who's looking over my shoulder at work, sees that on my computer mm. screen, you know, calls me into her office yeah. to say, um, you know, to, to, to confront me about it. And I think I'm going to get fired, but then it turns out that that's what she's really into. Oh, yeah. Right? I thought that's, she was like, that's what I was going to wear to the Halloween oh, party. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're fired. You're fired. No, she goes, no, but, but look, I found this other thing, which is a uh, it's an elephant carcass that's been dressed up to look like a um, bunch of... Lactating platypuses. Yeah, and then you go, okay. Well, then I'll look like I'm lactate because they lactate onto their fin or whatever. They've got like they don't have nipples. Of platypus. Yeah, it just oozes out. From yeah, some sort of. And you got to lick it off the gland. plate. They've got like a plate or something like that. Really? No, I don't know. No, they don't have a plate. I don't know. There might, might be a bowl. Do you think this is the worst train of thought we've ever been on? <laughs> <laughs> and it's been a pretty messy episode. I gotta admit, but um. <laughs> All right. I thought that, you know, I only have two coffees this morning, then I had a decaf, and I thought that'll mellow me out, you know. I'll um, I'll be able to. Why do you have so many coffees at home? Because I make, we have this big thing, stovetop coffee thing, and I make a big thing. It's six cups, it makes six cups of coffee. I know, but they say they say six cups, but it's like like is it, we have a coffee maker that says it makes twelve cups, but really you pour yourself one mug and it looks like four cups are gone. Yeah, right. Well, I mean that's basically what it is, but I still I I just basically drink that until it's gone in mm. cups. Yeah. I share it with Carly a bit, but what about the kids? They don't get anything. They don't get anything. Yeah, right. What about yeah. the blind? The cat? blind dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the blind dog's gone. We took that back to the adoption center. It was too complicated for our already complicated home life. Do you guys get grumpy with each other sometimes? Uh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. 
There you go. I think everybody gets grumpy. With you? Yeah. Yeah. Especially. Yeah. No, I, yeah. It's hard to not get grumpy, isn't it? But I don't think we get angry, really. Yeah, no. And we don't angry. fight. No. And a lot of people fighting. I'm not talking about how many fights they have. Yeah, no, I don't really have fights. Don't have fights. Why would you have fights? Why would you fight? Why yeah, would sometimes, you just sometimes I've, tell I've, the other person they're right? <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> Let's stop. Mm. Doesn't even if even if you're wrong, it doesn't matter. Exactly. Who cares? What are we doing here? What are you doing in your relationship where it matters if you're right or wrong? All these campaigns that are recently where people are like, "Don't say sorry. Stop lowering yourself." Like that, you go, man. I couldn't. Is that think, a, I haven't seen that campaign. Uh, I mean, it was mostly targeted at women, right? For like, oh, don't say sorry for you know the blah blah. blah you know, and you go, man. Look, this is this is coming from me, and and there's a chance that it is linked to being Canadian. Not that I necessarily mm. believe in that kind of stuff, but like, saying sorry is one of the greatest joys in life. Mm. To just be able to like, yeah, yeah. I don't think I'm better than you. I don't think I'm right. I don't whatever. Mm. I just like sorry for whatever. Like for mm. for legal reasons, there's one there's one day where I'm gonna I'm gonna be in a collision with somebody. It's gonna be their fault. I'm gonna come out. I'm gonna say sorry in mm. my Canadian way. They're gonna take me to court because saying that I admitted guilt. And I'm mm. gonna use the Canadian sorry. I'm gonna have to use the a brand new Canadian sorry defense. Yes, <laughs> where I go. It doesn't mean anything. I'm just, I'm mm. giving them status. It's a form of greeting. Yeah, it's a form of, it's like I'm I'm being kind to them. It's like, look, hi, sorry. Yeah. Sorry for that you even have to speak to another person. I know that that's not great. Mm. Um, <laughs> the Canadian sorry defense is, uh, feels like it could be something else yeah. there. Um, yeah, I think, I think saying sorry is kind of like a, it's kind of magic. Mm. I mean, people. I uh, people are always telling me it's like, well, that's not good. In, it's not good in uh, you know. Pe- people aren't gonna think highly of you. Think of you as a powerful person. I go, I don't need that. I don't want to be thought of powerful and like whatever. It's like I don't care. I don't want. I want everybody to think they're. I'm beneath them. Yeah, that's great, isn't it? Mm. Then you're truly free. Ah, uh, imagine that if people had to looked up, looked up at, to you. But also, oh. if, you, if you had a, had a money. Like, eh? if everyone thinks you're beneath them, but you've still got enough money to get by, yeah, that's a pretty good place to be. Yeah, yeah. You want, I mean, you, I would love people to think that I'm useful and beneath them. Yeah. <laughs> that I had value like a, to like their... Like a chair. Mm. Exactly. Or I had floor. value to their lives. Mm-hmm. Like the floor. Imagine where we'd be without the floor. You know what's beneath me? The entire world. Exactly. the roof and stuff. Yeah. But even or, that is kind of connected to the floor. Yeah. Wouldn't be there without the floor. We have six ideas here. We need to come up. With, <sighs> we got three words from a listener. Um, um, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of people who have been supporting us for a long time who have sent in three words, and I have not. Uh, I feel them. like I haven't got to them for a while, and so I would like to apologize. But also, we, we've got some new uh, three word people, and so I thought I'd get to them just Great. because it feels like some people, you know, it'd be nice, you know, for for them to get the first time more so than. It'll feel like just regular run-of-the-mill stuff for some of the older people. Who've already got on once or twice. And yeah. Yeah. No, you know. you're right. So I'm, uh, this is from a relatively new uh, Patreon subscri- subscriber called Tyler Massey. Hey, Tyler. Hello, Tyler Massey. Thank you very much for sending that in. Great name. You know, one of my favorite albums is uh, Neil Young's Live at Massey Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, check it out. It's incredible. Tim performing all these songs that went on to be iconic. Some of them for like, I think first time he performed them live. Was oh, that that one where he's just it's just in the round? Yeah, and it's him in the, with a guitar. And yeah, he, and yeah. the crowd is absolutely insane. You know how like when people go and perform their new stuff, mm. and everyone's like, "Boo, play your old stuff." Mm. Well, this is him performing new stuff and killing. Mm-hmm. It it is it is incredible, and the encores the. People go so nuts for the encores, which could be really annoying and is a little bit, but it also gives you a bit of an insight into what it's like to be one of the most like influential artists of your day mm. at the point where you are being the most creative mm. and how intense that must be. Yeah, and in when when you're in the right parallel universe to Correct. be appreciated. <laughs> I mean, think of all the universes where... 
Neil Young is garbage. Mm-hmm. We're now currently in that, maybe. No. <laughs> no, 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 not quite. No, you're right. Um, all right. Tyler's three words. Do you want to guess what the first one is? Um, okay. Um, funk. Not even close. Nihilistic. I'm going to get one. I'm going to get one. one Nihilistic. Day. Nihilistic. Okay, okay, okay. I've got the next one, yeah. though. I'm. You don't have the next one. Kleptomaniac. Not at all, Andy. I don't even know if you had any of the letters right. Neutrophil. This is now my favorite part of the show. <laughs> Neutrophil. <laughs> Neutrophil. Yeah. So what was the first word? Nihilistic? Nihilistic. Neutrophil. Neutrophil. Okay. Do you want to try the third one or do you want to not embarrass yourself? Um, Q-tip. Syndrome, oh, Andy. Syndrome. Right. What is neutrophil? I don't know. Is it, it, I mean, it feels like either a drug or maybe just like a supplement that helps you to shit. Right? Mm. Neutrophil. Although, I guess if it was a, a laxative, you wouldn't put the word fill in there, would you? You'd put... Empty. Empty. Neutra empty. <laughs> Neutrophil are the most abundant type of ga- of granulocytes and the most abundant type of white blood cells in most mammals. Really? Mm-hmm. Nihilistic neutrophil syndrome. Right? So this is... Um, this is I get like AIDS. Well, it sounds to me like your body can't be bothered healing its own mm. wounds, right? Like maybe like a kind of a hemophilia, right? Which is yeah. where, you, you know, you just keep bleeding and you don't, you, you never scab up, right? Yeah. Could just be to do with your white blood cells becoming disenchanted mm. or thinking that there's no point. What about, anything. what about, uh, this is like, I mean, this is quite good and that's, he's basically written a sketch idea like yeah. that. Um but slightly opposite. Normally, red blood cells form scabs, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, no. I think it's actually the the platelets. I think uh, which are white blood cells, or oh, okay. platelets are some component of the blood. I thought it was white blood cells, but I could be wrong because maybe. Yeah, I think. I don't know. I don't know. Are platelets white blood cells? Are are um or are white blood cells just the ones that fight infection, right? that go like gloop over a bacteria or whatever mm. and then turn into pus. Maybe platelets are... Because um... I think red blood cells, they just make the scabs look red because there's red blood cells in there. But I think... I mean, it says here funny. platelets are produced in the bone marrow the same as the red cells and most of the white blood cells platelets are produced. But I don't know if it says that, that they are the same thing. No, it don't, doesn't sound like they are. Sounds like they're their own thing, right? Yeah. They're a third All right. thing. We just have to ignore facts right now. We yeah. have to just okay. go into. So are you just saying that you, you're, what you said is the sketch idea? Oh, it's, 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 it's an idea. I mean, what does it mean for a blood cell to become disenchanted, mm. right? Like, I, I, I think that's in a scenario where, okay, because think about Rise of the Planet of the Apes, yeah. right? What happens there? Well... The apes get some kind of disease which makes them intelligent. That's in right? the new one, right? Oh, it makes yeah, them yeah. sentient. Or, yeah, yeah, it makes them sentient. Yeah. So what I'm suggesting is that what if that, but uh, it's individual cells in your body, right? Yeah. All your cells in your body become conscious Yeah. Um, because of some disease. You know, we were trying to invent something that would make people smarter or we were trying to invent something that would make mm-hmm. um, dogs be able to speak English Mm-hmm. You know, one of the noble causes yeah. <laughs> of science. I saw a video the other day where somebody was teaching their dog to speak through these button presses, and it was, like, expressing itself. That's crazy. Yeah, anyway. Um, um, yes, but with cells. But with cells, and so it gets into our cells, and it turns out that each individual cell becomes sentient, mm-hmm. right? And then, you know, what does that mean for humanity? Do we now have to mourn every one of the 7 billion blood cells that dies every day mm. um, when we uh, when we trim out hair. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's not cells, is it? But, you know, something well, like that. Well, I mean, that. there are cells in there. Yeah. But, I mean... But, but then... You, but, yeah. I, I'm, I'm thinking that maybe then the blood cells, you know, the white blood cells could become um, 
disenchanted. You know, they, they you know they they start to think, what's the point of it all? Because they're just serving some higher thing. They're just mm. going about their day. Imagine that having a higher purpose that would make you click off. Correct. That's. Um. <laughs> I think that's what's associated with most senses of yeah. uh, nihilism. <laughs> I mean, but you might not. They might not know about their higher purpose. That's the thing. Mm. Is that they are serving a higher purpose, but they don't realize, mm. and so they just get depressed. Right, and then and then you know every day becomes a grind, a grind for them. But then for you, mm. you it's up to you then the the consciousness in your own body, you know, controlling all these other consciousnesses. Like any great leader, you've got to motivate them, mm-hmm. right? You've got to get out there, get the word out there, try and make them see that this whole thing is worth fighting for, and then. So Every then, day becomes a, a political campaign. So you become like Jesus. Yes. And you are you have to go shrink down, go into your own body, mm-hmm. and then go down there in some form. I guess you have some kind of avatar. Mm. And you go in there and you're meeting the cells and you're saying, oh, how you doing? Oh, little meet and yeah. there you go, how you babies. doing? So I'm the guy whose body you guys are all working in. They go, I didn't I, I wasn't aware we worked in a body. Yeah. I mean, this is like that Monty Python sketch where they're like, I didn't know we had a king. Yeah. I must be the king. Yeah. Help, help. Um, I think that's something. Yeah. Right? Motivating your own body cells. And then it's the people, and then all the people who weren't charismatic leaders would die off because all their cells would become unmotivated. But the people who were truly able to, you know, convince, and then all we'd have left in the world would be really um, persuasive public speakers. Every single person would be mm. it would a great really, orator. You'd have to be, yeah. But also you'd be great at talking to the strong points of what cells like. Mm. You know, and so it might not be necessarily transferable to humans. You're right. <laughs> what do you think you'd tell the cells? I'd tell them that we were going to get a new vending machine in the common area. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And make lunch longer. Yeah, we're we're thinking about having more blood, uh, more air, uh, oxygen distribution. We're thinking about mm. sort of maybe having taking deeper breaths. Mm. I think they'd like to. Oh, absolutely! To be more yeah, take deeper breaths and um, eat more um, low GI foods. Mm. But maybe they like the sugar rush. They probably do. Yeah, I mean that's the problem. You'd end up being a populist probably, mm. and do it, making the kinds of decisions for your body that lead mm. to long-term damage. Yeah. Because you're just trying to win over the cells. Yeah. I wonder if you could then lose power to some other part of your body, and um, <laughs> you know, say like your foot or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cells there get together and put together some kind of, you know, alternative site of government. Mm. And um, or or um, Russia, yes, uh, starts convincing some parts of your foot. Starts a campaign to help convince some parts of your foot to uh, rebel against the rest of the body, mm. so that you, uh, so that they are not your body is no longer unified. Yes. and your body is no longer allowed in the EU. Correct. Well, it you know then once you know your, the body is divided against itself and the foot goes off and mm. starts its own separate thing, you're more vulnerable. You're actually weaker. You know you're stronger as a whole, but Russia mm. thinks it'll be easier to take over mm. if it, people only have one foot, and they're probably right. No, they're absolutely right. Yeah. All right. That's the sketches. Um. <laughs> It was a bit of a bit of an interesting one today. Yeah, slightly struggle. Thanks everybody for listening. Yeah, so we got non-trivial pursuit. Mm. I think we still we I think we have great good ideas in this, Andy. Yeah. Despite a bit fe- feeling it was a bit disjointed. Yes. We got Stone Age of advertising. This is when the people are starting to figure out like, what if we just like told people? What if to I buy t- it. yeah like so I got a wife. What if I told her about this and see if she likes it? Mm. Like that. Advertising. Mm. That's advertising. And they're coming up with advertising. Well, well, Michael's an influencer. He's got Mm. two disciples. Oh, Stone Age influencers is quite good, isn't Mm. it? They could be in there. But they're not part of it. We're not set in the Stone Age. It's the Stone Age of advertising. Well, in my mind, it's still actually in the Stone Age. I know, I understand what you're saying, Mm. Alistair, but I can't get out of the idea that they're all wearing skins. I don't know if people even wore that kind of stuff. Do you think they did? More skins like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, people definitely wore skins. Ah, oh, it's not very vegan. Creating markets for the less talented. That's when we drug people or whatever. 
I don't know. Or just find places where they never heard a piano. We segregate humanity based on taste. Mm-hmm. Level of taste. Yeah. Then we got the good bit of the major scale. This is people who are talking, you know, mu- music aficionados who are like, man, look, the major scale, it's fine, but I mean, they could have stopped at after six notes, mm. you know? And um, so there's 12 available semitones, mm. right? But there's, you just use eight of those notes to make a scale. Mm. I totally understand yeah. now. Great. And it's variations on those that make different scales. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, great. Um, we got old lady who swallowed a fly style of getting new pets so they can get rid of the old pet and then get a new pet. Mm-hmm. That's when you eventually you want just a pet virus mm. so that you can get rid of your Komodo dragon. And then you get a pet, a pet echidna so you can use the antibacterial properties in its under its foreskin. foreskin. To get rid of the virus after mm. your kids are done playing with the virus or whatever. <laughs> then you got the Canadian sorry defense in mm. court. And uh, then we have the motivating your own body cells um, to... after they become nihilistic. Mm. That's great. We forgot to do the Harry's ad in the middle of the show. Should we do it now and then put it in? Yeah, let's do it now and then put it in. Uh... Let's talk a little bit more about Harry's, mm, Alastair. I'd love to. You know the, the people who help you to shave your face? Uh, absolutely. I, I was thinking about them constantly while we were doing the rest of the show. Yeah. Uh, what, what, what's, what's great about Harry's is that they're a return to the essential. Yes, absolutely. You know we're talking quality, durable blades at a fair price, just $2 per blade. Mm-hmm. And they've cut out the middleman. That's right. right. And the middleman, who's that middleman? That's the people in the... In the in the store, who make you get the thing from behind the counter, mm-hmm. and then there's no, it's never on the shelf, and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. You got to ask for it, like a criminal. That's right. They make you seem, feel, they make you feel ashamed. Correct. Of needing to shave your face. But it's something that we all need to do. Mm-hmm. Let's admit it. Yeah, they Fun. do it, and uh, and they got. I'll tell you what's in. What do you get if you go to harrys.com forward slash think tank? Listeners of our show can redeem their Harry's trial set. You will get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, a rich... I was using that this morning. Mm-hmm. Last night. It was great. A rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. I don't know about that dry. What's keep that? your razor dry on the go. That's what it says in the text, in the, in the text here. Well, travel blade cover to keep your razor dry. Have you ever traveled with a wet towel? Nothing worse than traveling with a wet towel makes everything in your in your bag wet. Right, and including your your razor blades. Well, not if you got that travel case because it keeps <laughs> it it keeps it away. It gives it you know maybe maybe it's still it gets it gets a little bit affected by the uh, that wet towel funk. Mm, sure. Yeah, that mist, that yeah. sort of stanky mist. Uh huh. But that blade is dry once you're applying it on your face. And that's what I look for in a razor blade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go to harrys.com forward slash think tank to start shaving better today. I love Harry's. You are in love with Harry's. I am in love with Harry's. It's really a problem. Have you told your wife? No, I never would. No. Should we um... get out of here? Thanks, everybody, for listening to all of this. Um, we really do appreciate it. Yeah, we do. And uh, I'm my name is Alistair, and, and I'm at AlistairTB on Twitter. And my name is Andy, and I'm at StupidOldAndy on Twitter. And uh, we are at 2 in Tank, and you can review us. And you can support us on Patreon if you like. That, yes. hel- that helps us immensely. Yes, it does. Um, and uh, you can uh, – but you can also just, you know, try to – Make sure that there's happiness in your own life. Do something that challenges you today. That's the real message, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. listening to this episode. <laughs> you already did that today. <laughs> Do something every day that scares you. Yeah. Like having to get through some of our tough episodes. Um, somebody left a really nice review uh, recently on iTunes saying that there's hundreds of hours of good listening and only maybe 10 that are, are tough. 
And, and I think that's a really good and fair assessment. Yeah, that's really nice. Yeah. That's nice. That was that's probably all post child. Um, the, all the ten the, the ten tough hours. The ten tough hours. Yeah. I mean I'm sure there's a few beforehand. But, yeah. But um yeah. Anyway, I thank think we've you always much. been capable of disappointing people. Andy, more than we could even know. Correct. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very and much. We love you. you. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.